Welcome to Training Unleashed, the show that will help you design and deliver training that's off the chain and will make a difference. Now, here's your host, Evan Hackle. Welcome, everyone, to a very, very exciting episode of Training Unleashed. Uh, today, we are going to be talking about a new model of communication, and I think we're all going to learn something, which I, I'm looking forward to, and it's something that I think we're going to be able to incorporate not only in our business, but in our personal lives, which is you know, what I call a double win-win. Uh, we have a fantastic guest. Her name is Deirdre Breckenridge. Uh, as a skier, I love her last name. And uh, as I've had an opportunity to, to get to know her before this, she's an absolutely marvelous and, and, and wonderful person. Um, she's with a company called Pure Performance Communication, and her expertise is in communication. Uh, and the skills that we're about to learn are going to be from that realm. She has written six books. So normally I might list a book or two, but I'm not going to read six books. Um, but uh, you definitely want to uh, check out her website, and she's going to give you a special, uh, a special uh, treat at the end uh, where you can get the treat and learn more about her. Uh, she also has a podcast called Women Worldwide, uh, which is a very successful podcast. Uh, so let's, let me just start, Deirdre, with the really simple question. Why do you do what you do? Well, first off, thank you so much for inviting me to be on your show. I'm just thrilled <laughs> to be here. Uh, why do I do what I do? I guess it's because I am a natural-born storyteller. Uh, I've been a communicator at heart, and I just want to help people to build the best relationships that really create impact. They're human. It's because you're vulnerable and you make a difference through those relationships. And that is exactly what we all want to listen to. <laughs> Thank so you. Tell us, let's just get right into it. Tell us about the feel model. So that is a, a model that is very different for me. And you know, just to be transparent, 30 years in communications as a you know, strategy, uh, planning, I was always think ahead. And I won't break it down, but I'll give you the gist of it. Think is very much about doing your research, timing in the market, understanding your audience, all the data that you need, getting your, the uniqueness of your message, and really protecting and maintaining your brand, always thinking about your reputation and how things are going to play out with the public. Uh, think Ahead helps brands with their storytelling. But then something tragic happened in my life, personally, that kind of rocked my world. Um, our daughter, 24 years old, tragically, my stepdaughter, left us. Uh, she passed away. Okay. And that was something so unexpected and so heartbreaking that it really uh, shook up everything that I believed in, really. Um, so I stepped back. And as I was, this is where feel started, because she was a millennial. And I started to look at um, 
Noelle on social media and all of the beautiful pictures she was sharing with the smiles and the love and the happiness around family and friends and um, all of her accomplishments. And that was something that sparked, ignited something within me because I was learning that millennials, as I talked to more and more of them, that's when my research journey began. As I talked to more and more millennials, they were saying um, the way that they were expressing themselves was not really how they were feeling. (laughs) And the communication that they expected from leaders out there, business professionals, people they looked up to, their company leaders, political leaders, religious leaders, leaders of the brands they love, did not match what they needed. So this was, uh, this model was born out of a gap, a gap between what millennials who now have um, suicide rates are skyrocketing, anxiety and depression skyrocketing as well. There is a, a gap between what they're experiencing and what they're feeling and what they actually need in communication, in their relationships, in life. Feel stands for face your fears, engage with empathy, use ethics and good judgment, and unleash the love. And in order to have a relationship, whether it's a lot of my um, research was on social media, whether it's on social media, in person, in your company, in your meetings, whether you're giving a media interview, trying to reach a bigger audience, no matter where you are, you have to feel first before you communicate. And then all your strategy and planning just might work. I, I, I love what I'm hearing. I totally agree with you. I've done a lot of research. In fact, on my second book, I'm talking a lot about Gen X and, and Gen Z that how they connect with the world is very different. Yes. uh, I was taught always sort of to be wary and and careful and where they they lead with hugs and love and and all all of those things. I definitely want to hear more. So I don't have a specific question other than please share, share, share the model a little bit more with us. Thank you. So I launched the model with at the Lubin House with uh, Syracuse University Newhouse, so the graduate program. So what I did, I, and it was a complete beta test of this model, um, I brought it into a group of about 20 professionals. Some were actually, um, most looked like they were millennials themselves, and some were Gen X. And what I basically did, I taught them what the model stood for. So the the F is face your fears. And if you look out there on social media, when when there's a lot of knee-jerk communication, when there's a lot of anger and retreating to separate corners, it's because you're not open to perspectives. You're you're not willing to, to listen and to hear different things. Um, When you engage with empathy, um, how actively are you listening? 
these are all the things that I was teaching them. Then we got, of course, I've always been great with ethics. Go ahead. So, Deirdre, let's, let's talk about the fear thing for a second. Yep. I notice all the time people have fears. Yes. They have fears of being seen as a fraud. They have mm-hmm. fears of hearing the word no. I, I always like to say, particularly in sales, no is the second best thing you can hear. And maybe is the worst because it just delays. <laughs> um, but people have, people have fears. They do. And most of these fears probably started when they were young kids. And they have sort of built up, you know, hunkered down on these fears. So saying to lead with empathy versus fear is fantastic because it's a good idea. But how do people break out of that model of fear, which is perhaps one of the deepest rooted uh, emotions that we hold? So that is a really, really good question. And fear, yes, I agree. It can come from your childhood, the way that you're shaped, the experiences that you have, the perspective of your parents, your community, your your school system. Um, in order to come out of fear, and, and this is where the workshop comes in, you actually take a test. We've developed, and it's only in beta right now, a web app that has a series of questions for each part of the model. And the fear part sets you up so that you could at least understand where you limit yourself to being open. It almost makes you realize you have to step out of your comfort zone, right? We talk a lot about stepping out of our comfort zone because that in and of itself is a fear. And that is something that moves you away into, it moves you into the unknown and to the possibilities. So one of the things in the workshop is to get you to actually figure out yourself how much you are trapped maybe in your fear or your comfort zone so that you can take that next step. It's always to identify how fearful you are to be able to move outside because you, some, you don't know what you don't know. So the test is designed just to open your eyes to what are some of the ways that I might be able, that, that I am stuck and what would it look like if I stepped out of my comfort zone. And then exercises are designed for participants to actually look at ways to step out of the comfort zone and to embrace new perspectives. So that's, that's the way to do it, by so, testing so yourself and then having an experience. I totally believe in, in ex, uh, experiential training and that there are things you can do from an exercise perspective that kind of will jolt your mind a little bit when you experience it. But it sounds like you do a workshop. Is that correct? Yes. Is this a workshop you do for companies or is this a workshop that you do that like any individual could sign up to go? So it's really interesting that you said that. So when I first started this, of course I was thinking, you know, this needs to get into companies or, or organizations, whoever wants to put their managers in, their executives in, but it is something that I will be developing for my tribe. <laughs> Women Worldwide is a tribe. And I can see already um, an online 
platform that gives you the ability to move through the field model, to test yourself, to be able to have exercises that you as an individual can just do that gets you to feel more and to move you toward better genuine relationships. That's the goal. That's the whole goal here because being vulnerable and that genuine relationship means you will create impact. You will make a difference in that relationship with that person, with that group, whoever it is. Cool. So let's move to the first E, which is empathy. Yeah, empathy. So we, we talk a lot about um, you know how much we understand people, especially in communications. We do all of our research. There's all of that data out there. But Evan, the data is what people want you to know. (laughs) Sometimes what they're sharing and what you're gathering. And if you take a moment to really step back, how much do you really know someone? Do you ever go into a meeting and read some body language that says that everybody feels uncomfortable? But how much do you really want to hear about what's going on with your colleague sitting next to you? Do you just want to get through that meeting? Empathy. Worse mm. is you make an assumption of why they're feeling that way. So you not not only did you not discover, but you make an assumption many times, which can be wrong. Yes. And then then you're working off this false assumption. Exactly. So curiosity, which is I think part of what you're talking about, and mm-hmm. really makes us. Please keep going. I'm sorry. No, no, that's a really good point because. That's where I think we go down the wrong path in um, thinking that we're reading people, that we know what's going on. We have a thought. It, you know, when we think something, it turns into an action. It might not be the right action. And then the outcome is completely different than what it should be because that person, it, it might have nothing to do with you, but Sometimes as human beings, we make it about ourselves and it's not. So those are some of the ways that, you know, even in the test, it it says if you're having a one-on-one with somebody and you sense that there's something going on, do you take the time to stop your agenda to actually say, hey, what's going on? How how are you feeling? Right? Would you take the time to do that? And you have to be completely honest because I, maybe I wouldn't have done that before. I probably would have scored a little bit lower on the test. Now, because of what I've experienced losing Noel, um, maybe I might have been more aware and took some time. But, you know, it's interesting. If you, if you ever want to freak somebody out, when they ask you how you are, tell them. <laughs> and see, see if they listen. See if they listen. Yeah. Even, even, Evan, even having a conversation, if you're actively listening, you're taking notes. You're asking follow-up questions. You are not thinking about the next thing that you're going to say. And, and you're paraphrasing back to them to get validation. That's right. That's right. I mean, I... Uh, do you know Chris Voss? Have you ever heard of Chris the, Voss? The name is very familiar. So he's a former FBI hostage nego- negotiator. For 24 years, he wow. did this. 
Yeah. And he, um, he was on my show with a worldwide and he talks about, he, he has this, um, way of obviously showing empathy through negotiations. And one of his techniques is to really mirror back what somebody says, because you can really, uh, you know, talk somebody down from a state of upset to calm just by doing that. Yeah. So that is definitely yeah. a really good technique. Yeah. So we should move on to the next E. What is yes. the next E? Because I don't remember the next E. So that's ethics. Ooh, ethics like that and good judgment. Um, as we feel right and as we're experiencing communication and relationships it's to make sure that you're always thinking about accuracy in your communication is this truthful does this benefit everybody when i communicate through social media you know it's more your questioning is this self-serving versus how beneficial is this especially as it relates to your, you know, if you're in the business setting, your employees, your customers, your constituents, those are all important things. Ethics has, has always been a, a big part of my world through public relations, um, but it's interesting to apply ethics personally. You know, even how much do you embellish a story <laughs> when, when you share it? There's, there's quite a few questions um, in that area of the test to show how, much you have good judgment as you feel yeah, yeah e ethics i think you know companies list values and i think a lot of times they're for marketing right and, and i like to say if it's a value you'd rather go out of business than violate it um, and um and i think some people look at business as ruthless right you know, and which is the opposite of the feel model yeah and and i think i could make a very valid argument that if you are looking for results minute to minute ruthless very effective for that minute right but not effective for the long term no and uh, i think talking about ethics is something that most companies don't spend a lot of time doing and no you know just on that point in order to uh, ethics is not something just in your PR department yeah. or your, your marketing ethics has to spread throughout your entire company. And you can't do that. I did a course for, I'm a LinkedIn learning instructor. And one of my last courses is called marketing ethics. You actually have to define what ethics is. Marketing ethics is for your entire organization. And through that definition, and filtering that be well beyond your communications department is the only way that you're going to embrace that. Yeah. We, in our company, have a monthly meeting with every employee. And at the beginning of that meeting, a different employee leads everyone through the company's mission, vision, and values, and then takes the values of the company and highlights different people that have that have exhibited those values. And it's That's not good. technically an ethics thing, but our values are about our ethics. Yes. So, um, and I, I think it, it really helps cement those values within the company. Right, but, because if people know your values, 
they'll make better decisions. They'll have good judgment because they'll base it on those values that you've taken the time to share and you've recognized the folks who are exhibiting and, and sharing and showing those values. Yeah. We're so glad you're listening to this episode of Training Unleashed, brought to you by Tortal Training. The difference between Tortal Training and other online training companies is we're primarily a training company with technology rather than a technology company that does training. Want to find out more? Just go to Tortal.net. That's T-O-R-T-A-L, Tortal.net. You know, I, I think it's just to take a second here and challenge our listeners to think about their company values and could they actually say them? Mm-hmm. And um, what do they, in their training roles, do to promote them? And you know, what is that opportunity for ideally positive reinforcement throughout the organization? Uh, you know, I think that's a thing to, to challenge ourselves on. Um, I think so too. I think that's a great challenge for listeners. I hope they take that to heart and do something. Me too. Let's go to the L. Yeah, that is the the love. Um, when you unleash the love, I think it's you're you're questioning how much do you show your passion, your enthusiasm, wherever you are when you're sharing about your brand, your company. So. That's really interesting if you think about everybody in your organization at all these different communication touch points. If an executive, a manager, you know, name, name somebody in an organization, if they are not sharing and truly believing and loving what they do, that comes through. Why would anybody want to join your cause? Why would anybody want to support? you if you're not a hundred percent behind it and believing in it and I think that's a tough one for companies I think the problem with the word love is that there are two connotations to it one is a romantic connotation yes and one is just a deeply held uh, belief, trust, and caring about another. Yes. And, and there is confusion. Uh, I, I like to say I lead with love. Mm-hmm. I start with love, and someone has to earn not to be loved <laughs> versus, you know, versus the other way around. Right. Um, I just you know watched a, a really good movie. I'm not, I don't think I'm giving anything away on the movie, but Elton John. Oh, I didn't see it yet. I want, uh, I want to see it. It's very good. Um, and anyhow, his father is not a hugger, not a I love you person. And, you know, I think when I grew up, that was kind of the model of the father. You know, the, the mother was the empathetic one that gave you all the hugs, and, and the father was the tough and strong and et cetera. And... And that's not the kind of father I was. Right. And, you know, even my father, you know, when I was really young, he was definitely that kind of standoffish father. And then over time, he kind of mellowed and, 
And, uh, you know, when he was in his 80s and things, we'd cuddle again. Oh, that's uh, so nice. Yeah, it's cool. But, I, you know, my kids, I watch them with their friends. They're hugging their friends all the time. They're telling their friends they love them all the yes. time. Yes, yes. And I, you know, I... I see that too. Yeah, I do that too. I hug my kids and, you know, and even, you know, my oldest is 25. And if we're together on a couch, a couch watching something, we're, we're not like full board hugging, but we're lying on each other. And, yeah. And, and I know like I could think, well, how does this apply to work? I think the way it applies to work for me, and you know, this is your interview, but is that, you know, it's okay to really care about people. It's okay to really support people. It's okay. Right. It's okay to uh, let people know how that you feel about them from a, a work perspective. And when you do, when you're able to bring that kind of love, you're giving other people permission to do the same. So I think there needs, I mean, it is, I don't know how this comes across, but you need some love role models. Like you are a love role model because you will give other people permission to get in tune with the fact that they can care. And there's one thing that really stands out in my mind. I, I spent a lot of time, I've trained executives for years, whether it's media training or social media training or reputation management. And, you know, that whole feel was not there. I don't think executives especially are taught to feel. (laughs) And if you look at social media and if you do, I use TalkWalker. I do uh, a lot of Boolean searches through their social intelligence engine. And when you look at conversations around leaders and the characteristics and, and emotions that they're supposed to have, text analytics will show you that feel is a teeny tiny word but words like innovation and strength and creativity and vision, those are all the big words because that's the way they're supposed to be. So meet some love leaders who can give permission, and I think we'll have better relationships inside of our companies and outside with everybody we connect with. So I'll share with you the common thing that I hear from people that would argue that love leadership is, is not an effective method, and then I'll share with you why I totally disagree with them. Um, and their argument would be that when, if you support somebody and give love, it's very hard to give criticism. It's very hard to give, uh, you know, it, uh, what do you call it, uh, advice or, or recommendations on improvement because you don't want to hurt them because you care about them. And what I say is when you really care about somebody, that's when you're super honest. Right. And it's when you don't care. So like if you're at work and you see somebody and, you know, they're not doing their job well, and it's not me, I'm not going to get involved. That indicates to me you don't really care about that person. Because if you care about that person, you pull them aside and you give them Here's my advice. As a manager, if you care about the people you're with, you want to make sure that you're having meaningful conversations with them and really being honest with them. And that honesty is such an important part of the working relationship 
And so many people, going back to your F, fear honest conversation. Mm -hmm. Fear the willingness to sit down with somebody and, and say, you know, hey, I have noticed this and we need to talk about it and I want to give you some advice and have that tougher conversation. You know, we're now circled back from the I to the F. Uh, yeah. but, but I think it all kind of works. So that, does this make sense? It totally makes sense. The um, feedback is a gift. And I even talk about that in my book because um, the best kind of feedback you can get is the stuff you don't want to hear. Because especially go, go to that manager situation. That, that manager, if that person does not share what's really going on, you're not setting the employee up for success. How are you setting this person up to succeed in their role if you're not caring enough to bring that critique to them? I think that the, the love and the honesty and the caring is actually going to make people feel that they can go farther, that they have the support. You can give criticism, but then you back that up with support. How, now, how can I help you get there? What, what is it that I can do to help? And also, everything is balanced out by there's really good things that you're doing, but this is what we need to work on. And I think that there's a fine balance, but you have to bring that love and caring first. Otherwise, uh, that person will not succeed. And, and, and a lot of this has to come from the, your first E, which is the empathy, right? Yes. Because if tuning in, <laughs> you have empathy and you are listening to them and you're evoking from them what's really going on, then they're going to know that you know them and they're going to know you care. Right. And, you know, I like, you know, I, I've said this to you before, but I'll say it in pocket and cast four is I, you know, I like the five to one rule, which is to look for five things people are doing well so that they know that you are observant. So a lot of times what happens is people are only hearing about constructive criticism. So they just think, oh, all this person does is watch where I make a mistake. They never notice anything. But if you, if you listen, have empathy, you look, observe, and share, hey, all the good things, and not just when you want to share bad things. You don't go, oh, let me tell you this, this, this. Oh, and now you need to fix this. It's, it's, it's about constantly finding good things to share and sharing the love that way mm -hmm. so that when you have to have a more difficult conversation, they know how much you care. Exactly. Yeah. And I do think it's a challenge because there is something about people in general. Um, you can do so many great things, but that one little negative piece of feedback, you harp on it, <laughs> you get it upset over you share it with a hundred people but you know those other 20 things that you did well you're not saying hey i did a great job yeah and this then reinforces the fear yes right because you dwell on it and then you know you've stubbed your toe and you don't want to do it again we could talk forever because <laughs> before um, and, really? <laughs> but uh i know you have an offer for everyone i'd like you to, to share what that offer is uh, Thank you. So it is um, from my last book, Answers for Modern Communicators. 
my publisher, Rutledge Publishing, uh, is giving away a free chapter of the book. So you can download the chapter and I'm going to give you the exact URL. <laughs> okay. So it's http colon forward slash forward slash bit.ly, which is B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash learning the essentials. Very nice. <laughs> Very nice. What's the name of your, your new book? So it's Answers for Modern Communicators. Ooh, I like that. I like that. And if I really like this field model, is there one Thank of your you. other books that I should be reading? Well, I think that will be, I'm going to put it out into the universe. <laughs> that will be a book. <laughs> that will be a book. Okay. Yes. Well, I think, I, think it, I think it will be a good book. Thank you. Uh, I forgot to tell you this in our pre-meeting, but I always ask the guests to share one tip. If you had to give one tip to our listeners, what would that one tip be? Well, they might have already guessed <laughs> this tip, but show up to all of your meetings, your trainings, your interviews, wherever you are with feel. And to remember that you need to feel first before you communicate with anybody. And if you apply that acronym, you will see a difference. Totally agree. You have been a great guest. Appreciate Thank the audience you. very much. <laughs> Thank you so much. Bye. Bye-bye. This has been Training Unleashed, but it doesn't stop here. Just go to trainingunleashed.net to subscribe to the show. That way, you'll never miss an episode, and you'll be well on your way to delivering training programs that are off the chain. We'll talk to you next time on Training Unleashed. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>